Thanks, Scott. What a great welcome. Oh, is that? I'm just going to, whilst we sort out the mic, I've just got a few things in my bag to get out, so I'll take this opportunity to do that. I really love your pulpit up here, guys. Um, one of my favorite Bibles from my early childhood is down here from the 70s. I love that one. Um, so I've just brought a few books to add to, my, add to your pulpit this morning, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, thank you for that wonderful welcome. It's really good to be up here with you guys at Pine Rivers. Um, it always is. And uh, the more times we come up, um, the more, you know, it's wonderful to look around and see faces that we know and people that we're beginning to get to know a little bit more. And if I haven't said good day to you yet, um, uh, we'll look forward to doing that afterwards. Um, yeah, and I just, I think Jonathan and I just would love to bring um, love and blessing from our family at Brisbane West. Uh, we're down meeting in the evenings at the moment um, down in Brizzy, so um, they're not missing us this morning. We get to have a double whammy um, going back this afternoon. <laughs> but um, yeah, just want to send you um, love from your brothers and sisters down there. And also just want to say a good thank you as well. Scott's talked about Kirk and Nick going um, out you know, to the national directors' meetings in the global vineyard over the next week. And uh, we're joining you in praying for them. And uh, we just wanted to say thank you for releasing them into this role. And we know it impacts you as a family, and it's just wonderful. I think this is their sixth or seventh year. I don't know. Lose count. <laughs> but uh, they do such a wonderful job, and they're a credit to you guys. So thank you so much for releasing Kirk and Nick in that way. Now... I know we don't know one another all that well, so I just thought I'd start today by sharing a little bit of a story with you guys. And I want to take you back to October 2006, when Jonathan and I were living in South Wales in the UK with our little family of five of us at that point. There's six of us now, but back then in 2006, there were five of us. And we were in the middle of an application for an independent visa to come to Australia. Now, you might think that sounds like lots of fun. Let me tell you, it was not. <laughs> it was like we stepped into some battle <laughs> um, that we didn't, uh, we didn't quite know the fullness of at the time. Every step of applying for that visa was contended for us. So just to rewind a little bit, um, I want to take you back a tiny bit further. We first came to Australia in 1998. You might have heard me say before, as, as part of a... Uh, a British prayer intercessory team where we were coming to Australia to bring a message of repentance and reconciliation for the sins of Britain towards Australia. Now that is a whole other story of how we got to be on that tour and I'm really happy to talk through some of that with you and what God did in that time was amazing. In fact it was so amazing that it led to why in, in October 2006 we were applying for that independent visa to come back because God had done such a work in our hearts for a love for Australia, for its people, its land, everything about Australia, that we were completely bowled over and we felt God's call to come and sow ourselves into this nation. And so we were applying there to become permanent residents. Now, it was very, very hard in 2006. I'm sure it still is hard. Um, and it was way beyond our reach in the natural and at every turn, we had to depend on God to provide a solution because we just knew we couldn't provide some of the answers to this application process by ourselves. 
So before we even knew that the visa was going to be granted, we had to put our house on the market ready for sale. And so we began to get a little bit nervous and thought, right, I know, got a great idea. Let's do this really early. Because we had planned to emigrate. Jonathan was a maths teacher in, in Wales. And so on the back of the school year there in August, we were planning to come in 2007. And so we thought, let's get the house on the market early. Let's do the best that we can. And at that time, I remember praying a really simple prayer. It went along the lines of, um, God, please let the house sell in plenty of time. <laughs> but in that moment, I, did re I do remember feeling this real sense of peace in my heart. I did forget to tell Jonathan about that prayer um, until a bit later on. But anyway, weeks went by and we had no interest in the house. <laughs> Zero. Months went by, nothing. So we began to get a little bit nervous. I began to think, is that prayer, did that prayer actually make any, any difference? August um, 2006 turned into 2007, and we thought, let's change real estate agents. There's something not happening here. We need to get this house sold. And it was about that time of year that I remembered the prayer that I'd prayed, and God said, it'll be okay. So it was now May, and after jumping through what seemed like endless hoops at the time, I'm pleased to say, and that's why we're here today, our visas were granted. Now, woo! <laughs> they actually came through the mail on Jonathan's 35th birthday. Now, that might not be very significant to you. You might think God just gave him a, a nice gift. But actually, it's quite hilarious because part of the visa requirement meant that they had to approve that visa before either of us were 35. And so they must have approved it maybe on the Monday, and then on the Wednesday came through in the post on Jonathan's birthday. <laughs> Only God, hey? Yeah, he likes to cut things fine. So at that stage, we had to sh sh um, pack up all of our stuff, what we could afford to take with us, and sell and give away everything else that we owned. We had booked our flights for August for a family of five, but still nothing moving on the house. <laughs> May turned to June, June turned to July, and then at last, there was a buyer. And God brought that thing as well, right, down to the wire. In fact, it turned out that on the Friday morning of the very last day that in the natural we could have wanted access to our home in Wales, that was the very day that it was time for us to take the keys to the real estate agent for completion on that house sale. Isn't God amazing? He provided everything we needed. No staying on other people's floors with three little kids. No renting a house for a certain amount of time that we didn't know to the very hour we had access to our own place. Now, it was uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. But his timing was perfect. And I just wanted to share that story today to encourage you guys. And I just noticed in that prayer just now that Scott prayed, that he was praying about property, and he was praying about rentals, and he was praying about um, provision in some way for some of you. Now, I don't know what's going on in that God does. And so I just wanted to encourage you. Maybe some of you here 
are thinking, I really need God's provision at the moment and I can't see it coming. So I hope that story encourages you and brings you hope. God is good and he has got you. Trust him and don't forget, (laughs) pray. (laughs) Now, stories are powerful, aren't they? I hope you've got to know us a tiny bit more uh, through that story. We've got absolutely stacks of those in our journey to come to Australia and what God's done since. But stories communicate with us, don't they, on an emotional level. And so they, they kind of get beyond facts and arguments and they go straight to the heart. Have I got a, a thing up there? Thanks, guys. Who, 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 am I, who am I talking to? What's your name, Eddie? Steve. Thank you. Steve, Stephen, Steve, Steve. Uh, journalist Christine Henry writes, storytelling is a fundamental part of being hu- human and stories let us share our information in a way that creates an emotional connection. And so today we're going to be thinking about the power of story and more specifically how we can use our story of our relationship with God to show how he is at work in ordinary lives and bring hope to those who don't have any. Now, of course, God knows the value of story. (laughs) If you read your Bible, we've got plenty of examples of it here. (laughs) Stacks of stories in there, stacks of narrative. And God uses that medium to connect with us. I think 25% of the New Testament is actually narrative written by our dear friend um, Luke, who is probably the best storyteller of all time. So God's story is really important in us understanding who we are and who God is and what our place is in his big story. And there are plenty of people out there who don't have a clue about that. And we can be the ones to clue them in on it and give them a sense of place and connection to the God who loves them and who we've worshipped today. Now, I love scripture, but I also love a good story, a good biography. And I've just brought out this little stack. This is just a few that I grabbed, a few of my favorites. I don't know if any of you have read any of these. Um, This one here, the Wesleys, subtitle, Two Men Who Changed the World. This is a fantastic story of John and Charles Wesley and um, what happened for them in the UK a few hundred years ago now. Just a stunning story of God at work in ordinary people's lives. And this one, another one of my favorites, Amazing Grace, tells the story of William Wilberforce and his, um, you know who William Wilberforce was, the guy who campaigned in the UK to um, to overthrow slavery. Just an absolutely stunning story of, of persistence and prayer and just not giving up until that horrendous um, system was overthrown. And I just remember sitting in my chair and I just finished that last page of that book and I sat there and I just, tears just flowed down my face as I thought, wow. Story is so powerful. And I'm not talking about made up stories. I'm talking about the real stories of God at work and what he can do. Now, of course, these are some really world famous characters in here. But we want to encourage you today that you don't have to be super famous to have a story, a 
a great story to tell of God's presence in your lives and Him at work. And that's what we want to spend some time today thinking about and unlocking for you guys. Thanks, Stephen. Go to the next one. In Peter's first letter, he urges us, doesn't he, in chapter 3, verse 15, to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. So how prepared are you feeling? We don't want to be caught off guard when people ask us about our faith, do we? We want to feel relaxed and ready, not awkward and a bit, oh, what do I say? Because when we can see for ourselves and know and remember and give thanks for God and his really active presence in our lives, we become people of hope. And we become people who are well prepared to share that hope with others. And that's the kind of people we want to be. We want to be people who are looking for opportunities to share our experience of how God has loved us and cared for us and is active in our lives. Was anybody at the national conference in September that we had um, up here in Caloundras quite a long time ago? Who's along? That conference was called Love Be Multiplied, wasn't it? And we're walking into a season in the Aussie vineyard of um, Kirk and Nick unpacking that vision of seeing um, God's love in each one of us multiplied into the life of someone else and being able to disciple that person and bring them on. And maybe our small groups multiplied, maybe our churches multiplied as we plant another church out. That's the prayer at the moment that we're praying across the movement. And this, uh, at the conference, do you remember Kirk stood up, and I'm sure he's shared this story many times with you guys, but he shared his testimony, didn't he, of um, the joy and the privilege of leading Nicole to the Lord. Have you heard him share that story before? It's a wonderful story, and we were able to connect with that story because it got to us on a heart level. And so we want to be um, seeing and hearing and experiencing people saying yes to Jesus. I've also heard Kirk share, I think at the conference too, that one of the biggest unmet prayers for Christians today is not having been able to have that joy and privilege of leading someone to Jesus. So we really want to be prepared in this space to be normal and natural and easy with who God is and the things that he's done in and through us. Uh, the storyteller and theater artist, Sharon King Campbell, she writes that stories are the best way that she knows to connect with other people. Now we know that Jesus often used the power of story too. In his message and in his teaching, he relied on stories a lot. And the other thing that we love about Jesus is how he put together the, um, his story and also the demonstration of the kingdom. And we notice when we read um, about Jesus in the gospel that he took every opportunity to step into demonstrating the kingdom at work right here and right now. He would work, wouldn't he, in terms of provision in the moment, mercy, kindness, healing. 
And so as we learn to share our stories with others, we also want to have our hearts open and our eyes open to think, what is God doing in and through this story right now? What might he want to provide for this person? And to be people who partner with God to see our story connecting with his story and bringing breakthrough in the lives of others. This is a famous scripture, isn't it, from Romans 10. And Paul's reminding us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But he then goes on to say, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So it's important for us to remember that our story can be a trigger for someone to call out to God in their moment of need. And this is a moment um, that's very special for me because this is a moment that happened for Jonathan 20 years ago. Oh, no, when you were 20 years old. That's 30 years ago, isn't it, love? Sorry. (laughs) Do the maths yourself there. (laughs) A friend stopped him one day at uni with a very, very simple testimony. She was very direct and very powerful. She didn't use a lot of words. You need Jesus, is what she said to him. That's all she said. And every day, we thank God for that boldness of Rachel, wasn't it? Because a few days later, in a moment of great need, which is where Jonathan was at at the time, He remembered those words and he called out to God for himself. And in the words of Paul up here, he called on the Lord and he was saved. Because someone had told him. Thanks, Stephen. In Revelation 12, 11, I don't know if you've ever picked up on this verse. It's super powerful. We, We learn here that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Have you ever thought about your story of God as powerful like that? It's no wonder, I think, that Peter encourages us to always be prepared to share. Because our stories are weapons that overcome the enemy. Your story is a weapon that overcomes the enemy. So now for the fun part. Today, you're going to get to join in on this, and you're going to have a go at telling your story to one another. So we're going to practice today sharing the reason for the hope that we have, because Peter says we've got to be prepared. So let's get started, hey? So how are we going to do this? We're going to get together and we're gonna share around some different themes that I'm gonna give you. And we're also gonna take the opportunity to pray for one another in that, to pray for God to come in his spirit and empower those stories and equip us to share them, not just in a safe place like this. I hope that you feel this is a safe place. It is a safe place. But to share them with folks who've never heard about Jesus. The fella at the coffee machine next to you at work, the person at the bus stop that Jesus highlights to you, Maybe a friend that you've had for many years who's struggling with something and you just need the courage to get in there and go, this is what you really need to hear, like Rachel did for Jonathan.
Now, you might be thinking, well, you know, I don't really have that much of a dramatic testimony. You know, I was brought up in church and I just kind of rolled along. <laughs> don't panic. Take your time today and think about your God stories because God works throughout our lives, doesn't he? All the time, every day. And when we stop to think about it, we actually have many rich examples of God at work. You know, when have you seen God step in and provide for you when you know there was no other way but him? When have you seen him healing you or a friend? It might be a physical healing. It might be emotional. When have you seen him set you free from something and you can look back and say, look what God did for me. I'm brave now, whereas before I was a nervous wreck. What was life like before you knew him? And this one, I think, super powerful. When have you experienced the power of forgiveness and the freedom that it brought you when you forgave yourself or someone else? That's a message that the world really needs to hear, isn't it? So these are powerful stories of God. I love the way that God's name. We've been learning. We've been doing um, a course on Monday nights with Derek Morphew, great theologian in the Vineyard Movement. He, he describes the name Yahweh as God becoming dynamically present with us. And these are the stories of God becoming dynamically present in our everyday. He's in the detail, isn't he? Yes, he's in the big picture. He's for us and he is with us. So, I wonder if I could just invite Jonathan up to model what we're going to do this morning so that you, you can feel relaxed when we get to do this together. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. So, I'm just going to ask Jonathan to tell a story, um, and, he, and we're going to take, you know, who's really good at telling stories? We could go on all day, right, with our stories. But sometimes when we want to take the opportunity in terms of witnessing and stepping into a space, we don't want to take 20 minutes to tell that story necessarily. So part of this exercise today is to help us to think, yeah, what was the, what was the nutshell? You know, where did God really step in and do his God thing for me in my life? So we're going to take um, just a few minutes to share our stories, and then we'll switch around. But let's start with Jonathan. So Jonathan, can you remember a time maybe when going along with, with Scott's prayer just now about people needing, you know, some provision when there's no other way. Have you experienced God doing that for you? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I was 20 years old. I was um, a student and uh, I had run out of money. Um, my own stupid fault. I'd spent it all down the pub. And uh, it was three weeks before the end of term, and it was a case of, ah, what do I do now? And uh, that was, um, Helen's already kind of introduced a little bit of my story about uh, this girl on my course called Rachel, who uh, I was coming up the stairs on the way to a lecture, and she just said, wow. She said, uh, you know, kind of what's going on with you? She could see that I was not in a great space. But she was as bold as brass, and she said, you need Jesus. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I didn't want any of that at the time. But in that season, somebody had handed me a Bible, 
and I opened the Bible, started reading it at Revelation 666 and all this crazy stuff I'd heard and thought, yeah, look, I don't really need this, do I? That all sounds like just nonsense compared to where I am. But I, I thought, I'll give it another go. So I opened it. Somebody said, you should start somewhere around the Gospels. Pick one of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's a good place to start. It's a story. You connect with Jesus. And I remember turning to this story in Luke 12, and it said, look at the birds. They don't store up treasure in, in barns or food for tomorrow, and God feeds them and cares for them. How much more does he care for you? And all of a sudden, there was just like, yeah, it's obvious, Lord. You must care for them. I mean, I didn't know Jesus is Lord then, but here's my prayer. So on the basis of reading that story, I said, God, if you were real, I know it's my own stupid fault. I know that I don't have any money right now, but I do need food for today and tomorrow and for the next few weeks. And uh, if you feed me, then I'll believe that you're real. And uh, it was a pretty genuine prayer because I think I was down to uh, two packet noodles in the cupboard. So uh, I could kind of stretch them out a little bit, but, you know, there wasn't a lot there. Um, and uh, in that moment, um, yeah, I, I just opened up my heart to actually believe. And in doing so, for the next three weeks, what happened is I was too prideful to tell anybody that I didn't have anything. Um, but night after night, for three weeks, somebody invited me to their place for dinner. And I got fed until the end of term, and I was able to go home, and then finally, mum fed me. <laughs> Aren't we grateful for our mums? Yeah. So that was my simple introduction to Jesus, and there was a whole other things along the way. But uh, when you take God as, it, as, as word and you genuinely pray, he meets you in that space. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a great... Well, don't go away. Isn't that a great testimony of God stepping in and providing and showing how much he loves Jonathan? So this is what we might like you to do in your pairs. Um, just step into that space now and pray for your partner, for God to come and just embolden and encourage and, and bring his courage to share that story and for his presence to be with that person. So, Jonathan, can I pray for you? Yeah. Can I just put my hand on your shoulder? You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for that testimony. I just pray right now, Lord, that you would come and fill Jonathan with your spirit of boldness and courage. Lord, we thank you for the work that you've done in his life since that moment he turned to you. And we pray, Lord, that he would be attentive to hear when you wanted him to share that story and that it would go out from here and impact those who need to hear it the most. So fill him up now, Lord. Empower him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, love. Now, that was fun, hey? We can do that, can't we? So, look, if you're here today and this is your first time, you might be like, oh, no, what did I come to today? We really want this to feel like a safe space and a good experience. So if, you don't, if you're new here today and, and you don't really feel that you have a story, it's okay. Um, we're going to get into pairs, but if you just want to join a pair and just explain that I'm new here today, can I just want to listen? I just want to listen. That's perfectly fine. You can just join a, join a pair and start listening. Um, if you're new here today and you are a Christian, fantastic. You're going to have some stories, and that's great. And you just get to know someone a little bit better 
um, than you might do since walking in this morning. Okay, so we're going to have... Uh, Scott, how much time, Belinda, have we got? Maybe we should be asking Belinda, because you're a bit more... How much time do we have? What time is it? Have we got, like, have we got... How many? Yeah, great. So I'm going to stretch that to 20, so we can do two rotations. So we'll do, like, 10 minutes, and then we'll do another rotation. Okay, so this is how we're going to do it. So let's get into pairs, and I'm going to give you, like, about three minutes to share your story, and then your person can respond and pray for you in your story. And then we'll switch and I'll yell out, right, switch or pray and then switch. And then you can get your chance to share your story. And after that, what we might do is shake it up and go and find a different partner. And I'll give you a different theme to share on. So Stephen, could you do the next slide for me? Okay, we might not have the chance to answer all these questions, but let's go for that provision one first. Think of a story of how God has provided for you when you know that no one else could. 